every spouse's greatest fear, right? That you would find out one day that your husband, your wife has taken their affections elsewhere. They've had an affair. They've had either a physical affair or an emotional affair. And it's an atomic bomb that goes off in the life of any couple who experiences that. And so we've spent a good bit of time thinking through where does the affair actually begin in those cases? And how can we, as wise stewards of our hearts, our covenant wise stewards of our marriage, how can we be proactive in affair proofing your marriage? So we'll see you on the other side. So we have walked alongside a few couples that have unfortunately uh, dealt with infidelity and emotional affairs. And there is a lot of obviously regret. There's a lot of hurt and pain and trust that's broken mm-hmm. and they're working on rebuilding it. I think that God also is gracious in how he renews the relationship after the fact. But no one wants to walk through anything like that. And so we believe that there are a few ways that we can be proactive in order Mm -hmm. to avoid the situations, in order to protect our marriage and affair-proof it. Yeah, so you're watching this, listening to this, probably with one of three different mindsets. You're probably thinking, hey, this... This might be a good idea just so we're being proactive. Okay. So if you're in that spot, then you haven't detected yet or you haven't experienced fractures in your trust Mm -hmm. yet. The second maybe potential way that you could be hearing this is you're thinking something's not quite right. Mm. I feel like we've lost something in our relationship and that's prompted you Mm -hmm. to watch this, to listen to this. And the third perspective is probably it perhaps could be you've experienced it Mm. and you don't want to experience it again. And so you are trying to gain wisdom in this area because it's very hurt. Mm. It's it's bound with hurt and it's wrapped up with pain you felt. Mm. And so we're trying to be sensitive to that. Uh, We don't know exactly your situation. We don't know exactly where you're coming from. So we're going to speak through our experience of of working with other couples, through studying marriage, through Mm. teaching on, speaking on, writing about marriage and all the topics around it and give you pretty quickly six really tangible ways that you can affair proof your marriage. So let's dive into this. What do you think? I think outside of the gospel, it's almost impossible for people to reconcile. I think after trust has been broken in such a a deep way, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear and shame uh, that you often have to sort through. But again, without the gospel, without the context of scripture, sin, repentance, Mm. forgiveness, grace, uh, what that, what those things are, uh, in, in what they look like and how they're lived out Mm. after the trust is, trust is broken. Uh, it, it, it kind of does, it doesn't paint a very good picture. It's, it doesn't, it's not hopeful, right? The gospel Mm. gives us hope in any situation. Uh, so we're coming from a biblical perspective, from a gospel, uh, scriptural perspective of how do we how do we affair proof protect steward this relationship this marriage that god has given us Mm -hmm. so first john 4 18 there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not perfect not made perfect in love Mm -hmm. perfect love drives out fear and i think that really does sum sum up the gospel because who has given us perfect love right I haven't given you perfect love, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. I've yet to receive perfect love 
from I you. always give perfect love. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but and and I'm being honest in that. And yeah. I think we can say that honestly, it's not a knock on my wife. It's just the fact that you're you're human. I'm right. human. We're sinners and we're saved by grace. And and the one who saves us has given us that perfect love. And that is right. that very centering foundational aspect of our faith that says, I am not perfect, but God has intervened yeah. and he has yeah. become flesh and he has bridged the insurmountable mm-hmm. divide between us and him through his own sacrifice mm-hmm. so that I can now love. And so now I need not fear. I need not fear my, uh, my, my shame has no power over mm-hmm. me. And so it's from that foundation of a very clear sense of identity mm-hmm. that I'm able to live honestly. And that starts with living honestly with God, mm-hmm. living honestly with myself. Oh, I'm actually not as awesome as I probably would like to believe. I actually need a lot more from God than I originally thought. And I think as we grow and mature and we grow in age and we mature in the Lord, we realize more and more that God is just so, so, so much better than I ever thought Mm -hmm. yesterday Mm -hmm. and the day before that. And so I'm able to live honestly with with God, with myself, and I'm also able to live honestly with my wife. Mm -hmm. And so honesty is going to be, I think, the first and probably in a lot of ways the most pivotal um, kind of way or the, I don't know what we would call these key. Yeah. We're calling these. So think of them as like a gate around your covenant, right? Your marriage. And so this gate of honesty of keeping your communication open and transparent, uh, it really, it really is going to keep that gate closed to any outside, uh, affairs, whether they be emotional. I'll make sure I get the right picture. So you're saying there's a, uh, a fence around our marriage yes. and it's got various gates in it. Yes. And each one of these gates is going to be an opportunity for you either know, preserving the life of our marriage okay. inside or allowing sin to come in gotcha. and break down okay. uh, and kill whatever life that we had within our marriage. And so um, committing to being honest, that would be the first thing committing to be honest and open with each other in our communication uh, transparency is hard, but it's a huge part of this ministry. Yeah. I think that's one of the areas that people have given us the most feedback is that you're so honest and transparent with each other. And how do you build that? And we've actually written a book on it uh, for being transparent in marriage it's called See Through Marriage. And if you haven't found that, go pick it up. Go check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. We go into a lot of depth about how to cultivate a marriage that is transparent, that is glorifying to God and how to be honest with each other. I think maybe the most valuable aspect of that book is it establishes the basis for mm-hmm. our transparency. The basis for our transparency is what we mentioned earlier. It's the love of God in Christ. That, mm-hmm. uh, we are able to love because he has first loved us. And that love looks like honesty. Mm-hmm. It looks like knowing what truth is, valuing truth enough, and value, valuing your marriage enough, valuing your spouse enough to actually live in light right. of the truth. In First John at, at chapter 1, it says, We walk in the light as he is in the light so that we might have fellowship. That's mm-hmm. what marriage is. It's fellowship with one another mm-hmm. in the covenant of marriage and so that we might be cleansed from unrighteousness. Yeah. So walking in the light, uh, it's just such a visceral picture. We have this kind of saying in our marriage, especially when we started walking this way. It wasn't mm-hmm. until about... I don't know, five, six, seven years into our marriage, mm-hmm. we started having true transparency. And the image that came to mind, a pastor friend of mine introduced me to it, said it's all the lights on, you're picturing a house, all the lights on, all the windows and doors are wide open, mm-hmm. right? Nothing hidden, nothing concealed. Mm-hmm. Everything is completely 
and, and out there in the open. Now, does that take some bravery to be honest initially yeah. and, and, and in an ongoing way? Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You, but you, the bravery is not rooted in me. It's not rooted in my, you know, my valiance. Yeah. It's rooted in the fact that there's a promise that when I walk in the light, he is faithful. Mm-hmm. We will have fellowship with one another, faith, yeah. fellowship with God, fellowship with you. And I'll be cleansed of that unrighteousness. So mm-hmm. the kind of the thing that everybody thinks about is, you know, a sexual lust, pornography, addiction, things like that. But there's so many other areas that, that depending on wherever your shame is, mm-hmm. that it's an opportunity to turn from it to step out in faith and walk honestly. Yeah, it's a real opportunity to uh, to lock that gate. I think that we need to understand, too, that temptation mm. is not sin. Amen. Right? Yeah. And so... Jesus was tempted. When, you, when you're dealing <laughs> yeah, with... without sin. So. You're dealing with temptation. You need to be honest and transparent with your spouse. And I think that being honest about that struggle and then taking that next step of, okay, how can we overcome this together? How, mm-hmm. how does the Lord want us to proceed in this area? Usually it's by bringing others in and, and having others come around you that maybe uh, are more experienced or whatnot, but mm-hmm. it begins with that open communication uh, of, Hey, I'm struggling or I've been struggling. Um, yeah. Sh- telling, being open about the sin that has you've allowed to fester in your life. Yeah, that's good. So actually, that goes to the second point. So mm-hmm. committing to honesty, that's the first gate. Let's lock that one down and mm-hmm. that we're going to be honest with one another. The second one is checking in often. Yeah. And that sounds super obvious, but here's what we mean. We have to be really <laughs> clear because, you know, a lot of couples will live in close proximity to one another with very little intimacy. Mm-hmm. They'll live in the same house, but yeah. they won't live in the same headspace. They won't live in the same heart space, right? right? And they're not actually asking questions that are incisive or probing into the depths of the human heart and the depths of the human mind. Right. And checking in, truly checking in is not just how how's your day? Well, okay, and it's, good. it's not, it's also not permission to just be naggy and uh, policing your spouse as well, right? It's if you yeah. care about their heart, then you're actually checking in because you care and you want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> It, and you can, it's even the switch of a tone of voice yeah. where there's there's times when I say to you, like, how are you doing? What's going yeah, on in your that heart? That always your gets me. And I'm like, oh, finally he's asked. I can tell him all the things. <laughs> really just don't ask enough. Waterfall of emotions. <laughs> just but like <laughs> what I mean is what's going on in that head of yours and in that heart of yours? Yeah. Like, tell me. Help me. You know when your spouse is struggling with mm-hmm. something. You know when something's on their heart. And you don't have to be afraid of what it will be. Uh, God and, is with us. And the communication is the way yeah. that we get access. Because like you could spend your whole life, like think about this analogy. Say you live in New York City, and Tim Keller actually shared this example and this this message, I, I, this lesson, I should say. You're in New York City. You could spend every day commuting on the same train mm, with that person. Yeah. And you could say, in a sense, that you kind of know that person, that you've seen them. They carry a certain brand of laptop. They have a certain, you know, they have certain earbuds in. They, they have an, an iPhone or an Android. They have, they wear a certain type of clothes. Or the, you know, they're headed to a certain part of town. Like, you, you know something Some about that person. Yeah. But you would never say, I know them. The only time you could get to say you know them is when you've had a conversation with them. Because yeah, then everything you think you know is either confirmed or denied. Because mm-hmm. then you actually can say, I know this factually about that person. Right. It's the same thing with our spouse. and But we have to be, uh, we have to be mature enough, diligent enough mm-hmm. to check in often enough, mm-hmm. but go deep enough in those check-ins. Yeah. So if you know that your spouse has a certain propensity to struggle in one area or another it's up to you in some ways 
to find a way to ask them about that in a way that's disarming. And of course, they need to be honest to you in return. Of course, we talked about that first. Mm -hmm. So commit to honesty. Mm -hmm. Again, we're talking about how to affair proof your marriage to lock down the gates. The Mm -hmm. first gate we're locking down is we're going to be honest. The second one is we're going to check in. We're not going to be passive participants in each Mm -hmm. other's lives. We're going to be active and asking the difficult questions. And then the second or the third one, excuse me. The third one is to get accountable to godly people. So this is the community <clears throat> piece, uh, what we kind of mentioned at the beginning when um, you're struggling with sin or whatever mm-hmm. is coming in, temptation is coming in. You know, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen is that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We can't gloss over the importance of com- of community around us, godly Christian mm-hmm. community that believes the Bible, that wants to bring you back to the Lord, that l- is willing to long suffer with you and mm-hmm. to be there with you through some of these hard times of rebuilding trust. Mm-hmm. We can't just do it on our own. And mm-hmm. our shame would keep us there. Our shame would keep us doing it on our own in the dark yeah. without anyone's help. But that is not God's called us, like you said, into the light. He's called us to live in the light. Yeah. Whatever the sin, whatever the shame, come into the light. Meet the Savior. Yeah. Let him wash over, let his blood wash over you. And I think there's a reason we're called to confess our sins to one another, not just to God, but mm-hmm. to one another. And so if you're sitting here listening to it, watching this, thinking, well, I can't say that. I can't confess what I'm really dealing with to my friends because they would stop being my friends. And I'm saying if these friends are calling themselves Christians, mm. that they need to learn a lesson about what it means to be a Christian friend. That mm. confessing our sin to one another, so it's not a one-way thing. It's a two-way street. Yeah. And so we don't have time to get into it here, but there is a categorical difference between a friend who you have who is a Christian and somebody you would call a Christian friend. And what I briefly mean by that is <laughs> there is a function of, a functional uh, role that a Christian friend will play in your life. They're asking you deeper questions and more committed as opposed to somebody who just happens to is a friend who just happens to be Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, We get into that in greater detail in our book called Fierce Marriage. I didn't mean to to pitch all these (laughs) books today, but um, there's a really distinct role to be played uh, in your life. And I just want to encourage you not to let that Christian friend slot be filled by someone who's not actually being a a Christian friend unto Mm. you. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that at greater length in a later video. Okay, so get community around you. The fourth one is, and this one, take it with a grain of salt. We're meaning to be, there's a lot of nuance here we won't be able to get into, but actively improve your sex life. That's the fourth one. So what do we mean by that? It's really easy. Okay, we're, we're going on 19 years married. It's really easy just to get into kind of cruising altitude, status quo, time to do the thing so let's do the thing and it ends up being the thing but not a whole lot of what's the word pizzazz pizzazz. (laughs) i would never have guessed that word (laughs) yeah or fireworks i think there's always fireworks but maybe they're more (laughs) colorful sometimes and they're more pizzazzy okay uh so but here's the beauty of that you and your spouse alone are the ones who get to decide what improving looks like Mm -hmm. in your marriage okay You don't have to go to an outside authority. You don't have to consult any books. You don't have to consult even us. All we need to do is look each other in the eye and say, hey, our sex life is one way. Could it be better? Can it be? Can we improve it? How would you like to improve our sex life? And your spouse would hopefully ask you the same question and you would have honest responses that are communicated and i think from there though you can get some books i don't want to say like you have to go figure it out on your own because there are some really good books one that we've 
yep. uh, read or were we we interviewed it. and endorsed it. Yes, yeah. all the things uh, by Gary Thomas and Deborah Folleda, but it's called uh, Married, Married Sex. Sex, right? Married Sex, That's yeah. it, okay. And it's from a Christian biblical worldview. And I think it even, you know, it challenged us. We were reading and we we're like, whoa, let's get yeah. a, little, a little warm in here, you yeah. know? And it's, I think it's a, a good refresher. It's a good way to um, the not caveat. just... Smooth sail. Yeah. The caveat to all that is making sure that it is actually rooted in scripture. It's yeah. not rooted in pop psychology or some sort of worldly ideology, but it's all standing on the on the the foundation and the truths of scripture. Well, so. and I think not to say either that just because you're having lots of sex doesn't necessarily it's not the only factor. So not to put too much weight in in this. Well, that's why there's more than one factor, right? right? And so, <laughs> I just want to make sure that again, we're the, being heard correctly. Yeah, and please do take all this with a grain of salt because we can't have a conversation with you. We can't possibly speak to every nuanced situation, every reason right. why you know you're struggling in this area. But it's remember, it's all couched in the conversation of how to uh, affair proof your marriage, yeah. and it's not saying here's what we're not saying: you need to do X, Y, and Z in your in your sex life as often as A, B, and C. We're not saying that. Mm-mm. We're saying that you just actively improve it. It's like we could say the same thing about your communication. Yeah, we could say the same thing about how, how you, you steward your, your finances yeah. and how you, you know, deal with the tasks of the household. Like yeah. just actively improve it. Think about it because sex is one of those things we kind of culture tends to lead us to think that if it's not awesome on its own, it's never going to be awesome, and that's a lie. It's a skill, and it's we get to know one another. We get to know what each other likes mm-hmm. and how to you know kind of. I don't know how to say it, how to, <laughs> how to flip the switches and turn the knobs. I'll say. <laughs> okay. Leave it to that. Number five. Number five. All right. <laughs> Recalibrate your standard of beauty. Um, what I mean by that is, okay, so a lot of times when affairs happen, it's because one spouse is looking elsewhere mm. for what they should only find in yeah. their husband or their wife. And so there, there's some level of entitlement, some level of unsatis- dissatisfaction and so they start thinking, well, if only she looked or acted or said the things that this or other per- person says. he really understands me, I feel like, or he really hears what I'm saying, or yeah. he always treats me really nicely, and my husband doesn't. Well, Those are the kind of things I think we start entertaining. So that's a little, a little different because your husband should treat you nicely, right? Maybe right. he treats you nicely, but just not in this new way that right. you're finding attractive because it's novel and it's... Right. You know, it just off limits, most likely. It's off limits, and there's this kind of, yeah. So, what we mean by this one is learn to find satisfaction in the spouse that mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. And so, learn to find your husband, your wife attractive, right? Doesn't mean they're perfect, it just means that they're yours. Therefore, they are attractive mm-hmm. to you in a way that only they can be attracted, attractive only to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, it's, it's, You just have to, we have to learn to be disciplined and Mm -hmm. not looking from the left to the right, but just being thankful, grateful, content Mm -hmm. with the spouse that God has given us. Because if you're married to them, that's your soulmate. That's awesome. And then if you're struggling, if you're struggling with that, uh, I guess I would encourage you to ask the Lord to Mm -hmm. show you what that means. Ask, ask the Lord to open your heart to what that might look like. So quick recap on six ways to affair proof your marriage. The first one is commit uh, to honesty, commit to Mm -hmm. honest and open communication. The second one is to check in often, uh, having that, that heart uh, orientation being one of care and love Mm -hmm. and not just policing and nagging. 
uh, get accountable to godly Christian men and women, which is the third one. Fourth one, actively improve your sex life. And the fifth one, recalibrate your standard of beauty. And the very last one we're going to say is fight with Christ, which kind of sounds like fight against Christ, but it's not. (laughs) Fight with Christ. Yeah. He is fighting for your marriage. It's funny. This one's at the end, but it's also kind of at the beginning because we talked about the whole reason and basis for our honesty is the fact that I am loved in Christ and I am called to righteousness as a means by which I live out Mm. the reality of being loved by Christ. And so this just takes that to the next level. It says, okay, that's welling up from within me. Now, don't just try and go and and run the the gauntlet on your own to, to a fair proof to lock down your marriage. But as you go through your marriage, Fight alongside Christ because you got to. We have to remember Christ is for your union. He mm-hmm. says what he said in Mark: "What the Lord has brought together, let man not separate." Mm-hmm. Right? He is going to reinforce the covenant that you've made, and he's going to fight alongside you. And he's not just. Here's the thing: is he's not just a back pocket kind of nice to have. Like mm-hmm. he is leading the charge in that fight. Yeah. Okay. We are following him. Like we. He's not just tagging along. We are tagging along with him. Yeah to fight for righteousness, to fight for purity and wholeness in our marriage. And so fight with Christ as an individual, as a couple, get on the same page yeah. with with Christ and what his vision for covenant is, his vision for love is, um, so on and so forth. And if so. your spouse is away from Christ, if one of you has just given up, right? Just if the other one has not, pray, 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 pray mm-hmm. for each other. Pray for your own hearts, pray for your own marriage, yeah. uh, that God would soften your hearts, that God would reconcile you. Uh, prayer is powerful. We have seen it on many occasions when trust has been broken through affairs mm-hmm. uh, or there's been temptation and there's been some hurt. Uh, so prayer, God, it is a gift from God. It is one way we can know him and know mm-hmm. uh, his will for our lives as well uh, in hard situations. If you're looking for a way to grow tangibly in the areas that we've discussed here, especially when it comes to rooting your mm-hmm. your very fabric of your marriage in the things of God, we have a course for you. We're going to push everything this episode, apparently. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's, it's a, we have a six week marriage core course and Mm -hmm. it's part of our online learning platform called gospel centered marriage. So when you sign up for gospel centered marriage, you, you are encouraged to take this six week course first Mm -hmm. and that's the foundational piece and that gets you toward oneness. Anyway, that's there for you. And we've built that as a, it can either be a refresher. Mm -hmm. We built it to be uh, for, for newlyweds, for couples who are just coming to the faith, who don't know the first thing about covenantal love and marriage. And, uh, and so to find out more, just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. All the details are there. And uh, we actually do cohorts. We did our first Mm -hmm. cohort this last January. It was, uh, it's been unbelievable. We had over 60 couples on the the Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Many more couples signed up, but It was awesome. It was awesome. And people are growing. We're already seeing the stories roll yeah, in. I'm so encouraged at how people are finding oneness by focusing and, and, and growing in Christ. So if you want to be a part of that, just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Anytime you sign up, you can be a part of the next cohort. We do them about every uh, two months, mm-hmm. every two or three months. So uh, we would love to see you in there. With that said, hopefully that was helpful. Six yes. ways to affair-proof your marriage. Um, why don't we pray and then mm-hmm. we call it an episode. Okay. You want to pray for us? God, thank you so much for your word, uh, for giving us instruction Mm. and modeling what living in the light is, for transparency, for fearlessness. We don't have to be afraid of whatever we have to face, uh, Mm. whether it be temptation or rebuilding trust. God, you have have helped us overcome these Mm -hmm. things. We walk in your light. 
God, I pray for all the marriages that are um, dealing with broken trust and potential affairs or affairs that have happened, God, that you would be their strength. You would bring them back, reconcile them, renew their marriage. Lord, we come before you humbly asking for your continued Mm -hmm. blessing, your continued redemption Mm -hmm. on our lives every day. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a joy. Hopefully it's been helpful to you. Uh, But this episode of Fierce Marriage is... In the can. And we'll see you again in about seven days. So until then... Stay fierce.